This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's 1460 KXNO on the AM dial and 106.3 on the FM dial. And we welcome you to the program here this morning. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we talk local sports with you, and when often as we can, a little more difficult during May through July, uh, but we'll do our best. And to that end, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this today. We're going to start with Cyclone Conversation. We are mining. 24-7 sports today. Uh, Michael Swain will join us. He's been active at CycloneAlert.com, doing a terrific job over there covering Iowa State. We'll get the latest uh, from Michael Swain, who's been spot on as, uh, uh, as to some of his intel as to who T.J. Ratzelberger has been uh, going after. Uh, we'll pick his brain regarding the final scholarship. We'll do some football, etc. with Michael Swain uh, from 24-7 Sports. At 10.30. At 11.05, we'll do the same. But we're going to switch gears and talk about the Hawkeyes uh, with our friend, excuse me, David Eicholt of uh, uh, 24-7 Sports. Of course, his site is HawkeyeInsider.com, HawkeyeInsider.com. So we'll uh, do the Hawkeyes at 11.05. We'll see what he thought he saw when he watched practice and maybe a little bit more on C.J. Frederick. By the way, I have a theory. Oh, you do? I might be putting on a tinfoil hat. All right. Yes, I, I like when we go this direction. <laughs> but I've got a theory nonetheless, and well, I'm going to run that by you here in the next few minutes. All right. And then our friend Zubin Mahente will join us at uh, 11.25 ESPN Radio Mornings on ESPN Radio with Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson and a cast of tremendous guests uh, that join that trio every morning during uh, their radio program. So Zubin in his normal spot at 11.25. Not much on the baseball landscape last night. I tried to stay up as late as I could to watch uh, the Padres and the Brewers. I think two pretty... Not upper echelon of the National League, but maybe that next level. Well, maybe the, the Padres belong in that. Yeah, because the Dodgers are on their own team. Yeah, right. And then I think those two teams are in that next group. Mm-hmm. Because then, who else would be above them? Well, somebody's going to come out of the National League East. It's so tough. But are they better than the Padres or Brewers? Not eh, Padres, maybe not. Brewers... Brewers are in the right division. They are, yes. <laughs> the right division. That helps. That's a that's a bad division. It's going to be fun to watch. should be competitive. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, stayed up um, and watched the, a little bit of the Royals, Danny Duffy and company, and the Rays. Uh, but the Cubs are back in action tonight, and your Twins finally get an opportunity to play today. Yeah, double dip for them. Uh, watched early on a lot of the Cardinals game as they jumped out to yeah, a big I saw lead. Yeah, I was watching that early, Trent, and that got ugly early. It did, yeah. Whew. Long As ball city for the Cardinals yesterday. Patrick Corbin goes today for the Nats. He has been awful. Has he? Uh, who went to the DL? Wasn't Scherzer? Strasburg. Strasburg went to the IL the other day. Trent, I saw a stat on him. Maybe it was in the. You know what I think it was in? Um, 
Ken Rosenthal's column that posted today at The Athletic, he signed for, oh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's made he's pitched 15 innings since he signed in 2019. But they got a World Series. Well, they didn't get a World Series. They got a World Series. That's true. But that's a a big bite of the apple to swallow. Well, and think of how taxing that run was for them because their bullpen was atrocious. Uh And what did they do? Who did they use out of the bullpen? Mm -hmm. All those guys. Corbin? Yep. Out of the bullpen. Corbin was good out of the bullpen. He was. He's been awful, awful this year. He'll go tonight with uh, an ERA, I believe, over 20 going into the start this evening. So it's Mets and Cubs tonight, and that game's scheduled for ESPN. So what does that mean? Will will, will this be Blackout City here in Central Iowa? It feels like that's normally the way that it is, and then, what, two or three times a season, all of a sudden, oh, it wasn't blacked out for this reason. Yeah, I, I there's no I, justification. It doesn't feel like behind it. So if you, if it's blacked out there, you can go to the marquee if you have it. Right? Is marquee doing it as well? Do you know? I don't. I would guess that they are, I but hope that they are. that is just a guess. As long as there's options. Well, right. regardless. Um, so that's kind of the baseball in a nutshell from yesterday. Kind of a slow day, I thought, in sports yesterday. Um, I watched a little volleyball last night. Why? Because I enjoy volleyball. Okay. And uh, it, and where did you see that? ESPNU. High level, the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament are happening. Uh-huh. So, got over there. Betting watched... opportunity? Or... No, 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 nothing like that. I really, I really do enjoy volleyball. It's athleticism, high level. It's just, it's entertaining. It's one of, you know, I remember doing it on the, for the first time on radio and and doing it for the Girls Union Digital Network. Uh-huh. It's just, it's fast paced. It's action packed. It's a very fun sport to watch. Yeah, and I never got into it. I also um, like playing it. I mean, we played beach volleyball, you know. With right. Go, heading out to that's, that's what's the gotta place? That's got to be taxing, right? Oh, now, yeah. What is the place in West Des Moines, the beach volleyball? I can't even remember. Isn't what... it the corner 63rd and Grand? Yes. Yep. I think I read a piece. That intersection is closing. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Forever? No. Oh, okay. For the summer, though. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw that There's always registered the last couple of weeks. Always something going on in that area, feels Trent, like. Trent, that's a major, major intersection. And if they're going to close that bad boy down, what is the name of that place? Uh, regardless, you know what we're talking about. Anyways, um, well, good. I, I, I um, it never dawned on me to watch a little volleyball yeah. that we might be having this discussion today. Well, I, I did a little of that. I saw the uh, what the selection show for the NCAA women's soccer after Iowa. Jeez, you were reaching. Who goes two eight and one in the regular and season? And they won, right? And win four yeah. straight to get into the tournament. They open up with the Fighting Camels of Campbell University wow. in the first round. It's a tough draw, Trent. It is. That's the last team you want to see <laughs> right. when you're opening things up as the Big Ten champion who comes in now with a 6-8-1 and one record, uh, the Hawkeyes do. They win that one, they get UCLA. Um, okay, well, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Sands Volleyball Club. Sands. Thank you very is. much. Yep. Um, watch any of the Illini uh, football practice yesterday, no. spring game? Couldn't do it. Here's the thing. I, I tried. It, it was it was it was impossible. It was really difficult to watch. It was really. It's just I don't know. But what you have to give them credit for, and I'm talking about Illinois. Give them credit for. And here's my prediction. This isn't the last time we're going to see a Big Ten team or or a school that has their own network like Illinois does, right? With the Big Ten network. Yeah. It's not just theirs. We get that. But Trent, we're going to see these on a Monday or on a Thursday or a weeknight when there's nothing else going on. I mean, we talked very little about it because, after all, it's Illinois. Right. But we wouldn't have said word one no. 
if this would have been a Saturday affair, right? I mean, we wouldn't have mentioned it at all. One thing I did notice also yesterday, BTN, is they were playing, it was Classics Day. So they were playing games from recent history of Illinois football, and it was kind of a full day of programming leading into spring practice. That makes sense, right? You do something like that, elevate your program. So does Iowa. Now they're already locked in for this season when they're going to do, but going forward, does it make sense to, hey, let's do this on a Friday. Let's have our last practice be whenever it is. Invite the BTN guys. Uh-huh. You, you know Jerry Donardo is not going to say, oh, they're awful here and they're terrible. <laughs> right. You know what you're going going to get also with BTN. They are, it's a mouthpiece uh-huh. for the university and for your football program. Uh, I think you're exactly right. We'll I, I think this is something it, right? that should happen. Mm-hmm. If you want to get your team in the spotlight and yeah, it might not feel great and you don't love having all those cameras no, around. and Ohio State's not going to do it and Michigan's not mm-hmm. going to do it and Alabama's not going to do it. But if you're an Illinois-like program, why not do it? Right. Right. You I mean, it doesn't, there's, there's nothing saying you have to end on a Saturday. Anyways, um, enough about that. Until when do they play the Hawks in November? It just seems like that's always the game the week before Thanksgiving. The coldest. Oh, coldest, dark, windy, damp. Just awful. Well, yesterday, when we were talking about the snowstorm outside, uh-huh. it felt like Illinois and I were getting set to play that time of the year. All right. I have C.J. Frederick. I, I'm, oh, I mean, I'm up to the top. You, you got this. Yeah. I, I've got, well, I'm, I'm starting to get fatigue. Oh, okay. But before I... Before, <laughs> before you move, move on, on, you got right. something. And we'll talk about it, obviously, with David Eichel uh-huh. coming up from 24-7 Sports. So here's my theory, okay? R- let me run this by you. Mm-hmm. And we, we got a... Um, a text from a, a friend of ours yesterday, and apparently there was a going away party this weekend for C.J. Frederick with some of his teammates, not the ones that have the last name of McCaffrey, right? But regardless of whether that happened or not, that has nothing to do with my theory. Here's my theory: Fran McCaffrey has a press conference on Wednesday, mm-hmm. talks glowingly about C.J. Frederick, right? Right. Can't wait to get back, chomping at the bit. That's I think how, what he said. So that was Wednesday. You said that your friend, source, inside the Hawkeye Athletic Department um, mentioned that CJ worked out with who? Bill Maxwell, the strength and conditioning coach. So those two, Maxwell put CJ Frederick through the paces on Friday. And I believe it was him and Wieskamp were working out together. And Joe Wieskamp was there as well. Who were roommates, I have heard. Okay, Those two lived together in Iowa City. So that was maybe his first test to, to, to test out that balky foot that is riddled with plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. Fair to say? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Because McCaffrey said Wednesday he can't wait to get back on the to, to practice, mm-hmm. get some court time, you know, start going through the rehab, the preparations to get ready for next year. So that happened on Friday. On Saturday... He has a going-away party. Maybe. That has nothing to do with it, but we'll throw that into the equation. Sunday, the announcement comes out that that rumor that you heard, January, February, all right, there's something to this. So my theory is, you ready? Yeah. You got, I got your undivided attention. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm not losing you? Maybe a little bit? Okay. <laughs> Get to it, though. Follow me along. Wednesday, McCaffrey. Friday workout, Wieskamp, and what's the kid? What's the guy's name? Bill Maxwell. Bill Strength Maxwell, and strength coach. and conditioning coach. Those three are on the court. Mm-hmm. Strenuous? Don't know. Don't know. And I don't even know if he was on the court 
or if this was in the weight room. I don't know that part of it. Okay, I wish it was in the court. That okay. would help my okay. argument. All right. uh, not my argument, my, my, um, my, my tinfoil theory. All I was told is working out. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them on the floor. Okay, all right. all right. They're on the floor on Friday. CJ leaves that workout. All right, I think I've turned a corner. I feel him pretty good. Now he knows that he's going to be able to play this coming season. That that injury that that bothered him, uh, that impeded him, might be on the other side because that's what plantar fasciitis is. It can it can affect you for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You stay off of it and it heals itself. So maybe CJ got to the point where you know what I can play. I am getting healthy. Therefore, I don't need to stay at Iowa because if I'm not healthy, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. I'm going to stay. I'm going to remain a Hawkeye. Was the video? Was the um, was the workout taped? Oh, I don't know about that. If it I mean, was, if it was on the hardwood, well, it, remember it is in my theory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right? Then yes. So it was taped. Does he have a copy of it? Mm, probably not. You don't think so? I don't. I think that's university. Well, it's him. It is. He wants to see what he wants to see. Maybe you know. I'm going to watch video of myself and see what I'm doing differently. Or self scout. I don't know. I don't think you can download that yourself and then do whatever you want. So with you it. can't get it's that university video property. I believe. I can't get that video to your uncle, who then forwards it on to Kentucky, and then Kentucky feels there uh, a sense of ease or whatever that they're not getting damaged goods. Workout Friday, party Saturday. Rumor, Sunday, announcement, Monday. So if this workout, in your theory, doesn't yep. go well. And, and, and foot, he stays at Iowa. And if foot really hurts. He's staying at Iowa. He's canceling the party. Nothing's happening. Well, he's staying know. at Iowa. He's staying at Iowa because he doesn't have any choices. Nah. Who's going to want damaged goods? This has been in the works for a long, long time. That's I don't see that one practice in the works. is not enough to say for Kentucky and Calipari to say, yep, that's enough. That's all we need to see. I don't think well, so. Well, have you practiced since the tournament ended? Well, no, I haven't. I'm, I've been I'm, injured. I've been injured. Yeah. But now he's back on the floor. And now he feels pretty good. I like stretches. I like tin foil hat uh-huh. theories. Ryan Saunders? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Give me which which one has a little bit more credence. This one. This one. Yes. But the bar wasn't set real high. Well, exactly. Okay. All right. I can buy this, Trent. It feels like a stretch to me. Feels like a stretch. This, if he's hurt, he's not going anywhere. He's staying at Iowa. His his uncle has been shopping, sniffing, doing sure. everything with Kentucky for months. But does Kentucky want damaged goods? They don't care. He's gonna really. Be, he's gonna be their ninth guy. Well, I don't disagree with that. Whether he's healthy or not, yeah, it, I don't th- think he's their ninth guy if he's damaged goods. If if he's if he still is hurt. Well, Calipari the last few years hasn't even filled out his full allotment of scholarships. That's the other part that I, I think some people are missing here. Yep. He has gone into a couple of seasons with just 10 or 11 guys on scholarship. So, guy 12 and 13, kid from Kentucky, mm-hmm. a little goodwill Basketball there. Basketball player of the year. What was he? Player of the year in Kentucky. He was, yeah, Mr. Basketball. was 18? Yeah, his, his senior year. He's yeah. Mr. So, all right, a little goodwill. He fills a role. And even if he doesn't play, hey, look, we're still bringing in the Kentucky guys. We're yeah. still bringing in yeah. the four-year yeah. guys because that's been a lot of the negativity mm-hmm. after this one year. That they have hurt. You need to supplement the mm-hmm. one and dones with guys like well, that. Remember the guy? Remember Jorts? Jorts <laughs> with the jean shorts. That when Kentucky went on the run, I don't know, five years. He was a senior. 
And then oh, I don't remember the George yeah, though. No, it's George. His name was George. I don't okay. remember his name anyway. All right, so you're not buying my theory. Eh, not really. Well, okay. I think this has been in the works well before. I'm not saying it has. Yeah. But I think that Kentucky wanted to check that final box. If if my theory is to hold any water, you have to check that last box. So where does Iowa turn now? <laughs> you want to move I, on? I, I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm over this Where does theory. Iowa turn to? Uh, I don't know. We're going to find out from David Eichel. We are. So there's some names out there. We've talked about the kid from North Dakota. Yeah. He is not your traditional center. Right? He's more of a power forward. Minnesota's type. all over him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also a kid from NAIA, 6'11". I believe it's uh, AJ Anu, something like that. Regardless, super athlete. Incredible. Average over three blocks a game, 6'11", 240, flies up and down the floor. I don't know if he can dribble, but he can dunk and he can shoot threes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. That would fit pretty well. Do they need another guard? Do they need another wing type? Uh, I, I just take a wing over a guard. So you're talking about... More of that six seven more, yeah, yeah. Because I, you need a shooter in the backcourt. Was Bohannon coming back? No, no. Do we know yet? We don't know. But in this scenario, no. Okay. You have three open scholarships. Even if Bohannon comes back, that does not count against those three open scholarships. Uh-huh. That's another thing with this extra year. Let's say it's not. So you have Ulysses and Tucson, two guys we don't know if they can shoot. Well, we know Tucson can't. Right. And Ulysses, we don't know. Tony Perkins at the two guard. Incredible athlete. I can like get him. to the 10. They're, I think they got something with him. Excellent defender. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Outside, Keegan showed glimpses of shooting, mm-hmm. but was still a 31% three point shooter. Yeah, Same I, thing with Patrick you know what? You know what he's got this year, Trent? He didn't have this, that he's got next year that he didn't have this year? Always the green light. The, well, that and the proverbial bullseye on his back. Right. Because he was not the guy you stop when you're playing mm-hmm. Iowa. And he's a good player. But that's not the focus. But you don't have a great shooter on this team. I think more importantly, because you got plenty of wings. You got Chris Murray still waiting out mm-hmm. there. You got Patrick. You got Keegan. You got guys that can play out there. You need that that sharpshooter. Yeah, I agree with that. You need CJ Frederick. <laughs> you look at the portal. Who's a perfect fit for what Iowa needs? Yeah. He's the When's guy that that's announcement leading? gonna come? Well, I'm sick of CJ Frederick. We just spent ten minutes talking about him. <laughs> uh let's get Jeff in here. I do want to bring up Andy Staples piece. Did you see that uh it's the silly season, right? Mm-hmm. This is where this is what we're in right now. The soccer. I mean, we're not big soccer guys. No, but this is the Premier League that's splitting apart potentially, and they're forming a Super League. Yep. How about the fact when the announcement came out Sunday night midnight, which was out over there even later midnight yeah. in the UK, and that's when they're going to slide that by. Let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, you've been very patient. Thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I didn't want to talk about the CJ thing, but I just want to quickly just on it. You guys touched on this yesterday. Trent, there was, I don't know, a two- to three-week stretch there, and I called it and said this. He was their second-best player on that team for a stretch. Yes, it was a short stretch. Offensively, he right. was. Um, Last week because, in December, first week in January. I yeah, agree. Yep. Yes. Um, and here's the deal. If you want to compare him to Wieskamp, Wieskamp's not getting drafted, guys. I don't think There's he is either. There's a lot of boards where it's he's not or it's second. Or so 50, yeah, he's in the 50s. Right. So, you know, losing CJ offensively is a huge loss. But I think it tells a lot to what Coach Cal is doing in Kentucky because if, if that's one of their bigger pieces, they're in a lot of trouble. Mm. Bottom line, because he can't defend. And if he thinks he can go there, yada, 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 I, I just think it's a stretch there. But I didn't really want to touch that much base on I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, what do you got? Um, 
Second thing, you guys are talking about soccer, volleyball, and I know you guys don't like the NBA, but... We're missing Steph Curry. What Steph Curry is doing right now is he is playing the best Mm -hmm. basketball he Mm -hmm. has ever played in his career, which is crazy because he was a two-time MVP, and one of those MVPs, it was unanimous. It never happened in the NBA ever. Unanimous. Now, you may say, well, you know, Jeff, uh, the NBA is just a ball-dominant league. You know, a lot of pick and rolls, this and that. If you watch Golden State, guys, they move the basketball. It is fun to watch. Steph Curry's not just, yes, he does launch threes, which I think is awesome, but he moves out with the basketball. He's moving, he's cutting, he's finishing with the left, with the right, doing so many good things. Like, guys, yeah. sit down, get an adult beverage, and watch Golden State play. <laughs> no, basketball. listen, it's, 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 fun. it's funny you mention that, Jeff, because I was thinking about this, because I feel that this is one of the more dominant players in his or her particular sports, right? Yeah. And I'm missing his career, other than when they when they get to the playoffs. And I started thinking to myself, I was going to ask Trent this. Um, this was one of the things that um, was on my list for today. What other dominant player in his sport are we missing? Right? Maybe you could say Clayton Kershaw with with the with the with the Dodgers. We're missing. We've missed a lot of his career, but not as much as we've missed of Steph Curry's career. Because when they're not in the finals and they're not going up against LeBron, they've been. I don't want to say irrelevant in Central Iowa. But kind of they are, right? Because A, NBA does not move the needle. And Jeff, I appreciate the call, uh, like they, like the, they do in, in other states. Mm-hmm. I was bringing this up with Zubin. It's funny that Jeff mentioned that. Who are we missing? Great career. I couldn't agree more with what Jeff just said. Steph Curry is appointment TV. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't get an appointment. Oh, well, and I, I watched last night. Did that was you? another thing that was. Man, I really hit the smorgasbord. So where board. was the game? What uh, it was who, ESPN? ESPN had yeah, it? against the Sixers, yeah. and they got down ten nothing early. I, I flipped away, went well, the to game the Cardinals was in game. Philly, so that was an early yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, six or six thirty start. Yeah, and went over to the Cardinals game. Then right afterwards, yeah, it must have been six thirty start. And then I got back into it late after right at the end of the half. They yeah. tied it up and watched a little bit of that one. I'll get there. I'm. It's in, yeah, NBA's playoffs for us. Right. And normally the playoffs would be starting. Mm-hmm. Usually, I believe this coming weekend mm-hmm. is normally when it would be starting. Yep. But now it's May. Yep. And now that's good. I like the NBA finals being pushed back into July because you know what July is. I mean, July. Well, this year it's Olympics. Yeah. I mean, we'll have July. that. But yeah. building that bridge from, for us, the end of college basketball season yep. to the beginning of football season. Right, which is media days. It's the most difficult part. Well, now we got NBA yeah, finals, right. and, and it's a little bit different yep. when you push everything back. And, and we hopefully got, the Wild get on a little right, bit of a run yeah. in the Stanley Cup finals. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, the Steph Curry, it, it's incredible. I was uh, talking John Cannon, who yep. you know, yep. who calls into our programs quite a bit, and, and John covered the Warriors for a number mm-hmm. of years. And used to call, was it Brinson and I? I think it had to be. Yeah. Brinson and I, when uh, Golden State was uh, on their run, he was kind of our Golden State correspondent. Yeah. Because he, he lived in San Fran and did sports out there for years. Really, really good NBA mind. Uh-huh. Knows the game incredibly well. I was, at, in fact, texting with him this morning, and he was talking about how Steph should be the MVP. And more than anything, I was just playing devil's advocate because I, I don't have the baseline of knowledge there. But you missed 12 games in a shortened season. Yeah. You know, does that matter? Yeah, it does. Joker is incredible. No, I and, and now he did it again yesterday. They've won three straight after losing Murray. Kind of kept that team afloat. Durability, I think, has to be a factor, sure. and especially in a shortened, weird COVID season. But those are the fun arguments. We we have Zubin for those kind of things. And yeah, and he'll join us we'll in an hour from now. So let's do this very quickly. Yeah, and then we got a keyword coming up. 
that we won't forget about. He shouldn't have said nothing. I think we got away with it. <laughs> we're, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> right. I don't think we did one yesterday in the 11 o'clock hour. And if you were waiting for it, we apologize. Yes. Um, but we, yeah, we won't miss. We'll do better. So Andy Staples of The Athletic, he's piggybacking on this idea for the, the Super League, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came up with a 15-team college football super conference, super league. Which is, A, he's got it wrong because it's only 12 teams that are forming this league. So if we're going to do it right. You want to do 12? We only get 12. Okay. No. I, let me let me knock a couple off. Yeah, you because twelve, I think, actually is a lot more difficult. All right, so so here's here's what he's got right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he's got five teams from the SEC: Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU. He's got four teams from the Big Ten: Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska. Two teams from the Big Twelve: Texas, Oklahoma. Two teams from the Pac-12: Oregon and USC. Clemson a standalone in the ACC, and Notre Dame is well. This year they were ACC, but they're back to being independent. So he went fifteen. 15, which is not what the Super League is. Right. They're doing 12. So if you, so we're going to knock off three of his 15? Nebraska? For sure. Auburn? For sure. Now it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Now it's tough. Oregon? I don't think... Okay, the four remaining SEC teams. Bama, Florida, Georgia, LSU. You know who the other one probably should be? It's Clemson. Yeah, you can't. But... What are we talking about here? We're talking about forming a super league in order to get the most revenue possible. Uh-huh. These European soccer teams coming together are going to go from making, in essence, about $100 million a year in their media contracts mm-hmm. to $450 million per team per year. I get why they're doing That's it. That's what this is. Right. And Clemson and a little market in South Carolina no. doesn't do it. This is more about... Brands. This is about mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. When you're forming a group of twelve, I know it's asinine because on the football field, Clemson absolutely belongs. Well, this is a football exercise. It is, but it's also an exercise. Why this is being done is ultimately about money. And if uh-huh. we're going to do it the same way that they're doing it in Europe, then right. Clemson, you're on the cross-off list. So I don't know. Again, I don't know enough about the the Premier League. Is there a Clemson-like team that has made the yeah. cut I, that I dominates know. over there? Um, I gotta leave Clemson in because they're so damn good in the here and now. I have no problem with Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know who I kick off? I kick out one of the. I kick out at another Big Ten school. Michigan? No. Penn State? Yes. I'm still punishing them. I'm yeah. punishing them for Sandusky. Northeast. It's the only Northeast team though that you're getting. And yeah, again, Northeast doesn't move the needle. But we're talking about sport. still um, the eyeballs and yes. t- TV sets. Yeah, I And get it. that is a huge part of it. Michigan is also a very big brand, so yep. especially for a public university in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Penn State, though, I think because of that. You have to leave them in? I think you have to leave okay, them in. Okay, so, because I wanted to find a place for UCLA. Right. And that, if we went to 20, no, would this, they make even the cut? if we just went to 15, I would, I would find a place you for, would. for UCLA. Okay. Yeah. 20, I, I would feel very confident okay. about UCLA. You already got USC, though. Right, but I want UCLA, too. Just because of the colors? Yeah, but I want that game. <laughs> yeah. But, but do you need that game? Do you need rivalries? That's why I thought it was incredibly easy to kick Auburn off the list, because uh-huh. they already got Alabama. Rivalries, yeah, do agree. they matter? Hmm. You got Florida. I got I got Alabama and Clemson, so I got my rivalry still intact. You don't got Florida State. You don't have nope. Miami. Nope. Because you already have mm-hmm. that demographic. Mm-hmm. You already have that area of those two of those two Florida schools. If you were trying to squeeze one in that that didn't make the cut, Florida State or Miami, who are you taking? It's Florida State, big public university. Yeah, 
more yeah. eyeballs, more fans. The U. Yeah. It's it's a brand, but yeah. not a brand for young kids, that's for sure. Mm. <laughs> When's the last time they were nationally relevant? Well, when Nebraska was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Those kids? They weren't born. They're not kids, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it was. Uh, it's, the, it's the time of year, right? Mm-hmm. It's the time of year. So if you go to 20, do either of our schools make your list of 20? That would be my question. I think you have to go to... I don't think 20 does it. I think I 25, think so you can maybe sneak Iowa in there. Because you've got to find a place for Wisconsin. Right. Wisconsin would be above them. Mm-hmm. Who else in the Big Ten pecking order would be above them? Is that it? Mm, Indiana, no. no. Purdue, no. State, Illinois, no. Northwestern. No. Even Minnesota. No. Bigger no. market, but they no. don't care no. about college sports. No. Michigan State, you already got Michigan. Right, right. How far before you, and if Iowa is included, before you get to Iowa State? That's two different conversations. Because if it's take Iowa out, I think by 30, 35 at the latest, Iowa State would be included. Yeah. But if Iowa's already in there, and we're talking about market share, you're getting a lot lower before you choose Iowa State out of that group. Yeah, I was surprised Nebraska made the list over yeah, Wisconsin to begin with. That's asinine. It's a, the brand. I mean, it's a, it's an old brand. It is, and they are. I mean, there's nothing else in Nebraska other than football. You know what else? Army was once a great program. Yeah, that's a good point. Navy yeah, was a great, once a great absolutely. program. Fair point. They're not anymore. Ten thirty. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with Michael Swain on Iowa State. Um, get the latest on what's going on with the Cyclones. Hawkeyes at 11.05, Zubin Mahente at 11.25. But right now, it's time to hit another $1,000 home run. Enter the keyword work at kxno.com for your chance to win $1,000. Work at kxno.com. It's really simple. Seriously, you just go to the website and the box pops up. You put in the code and as, as simple as that, you're signed up, you're ready to go. It is a very easy process. And be aware that you may, if indeed you are the lucky winner, get a call from an unknown number. In this case, answer it. Right. It could be worth $1,000 to you. Uh, Michael Swain on Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. He's next. We're Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.5. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. got your music mixed no, up. No, no. I, I mean, Iowa State's colors are black now, right? So. Ah, uh, okay. Is, is this is the way it works? No, it's not going to go over No, this well. isn't how they're going to be coming out of the I locker don't, room? Well, not to this tune. I don't believe they will. Maybe. Uh, let's get, uh, save that for 11.05. <laughs> uh, let's get to our friend, uh, I was going to say, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. Uh, as we talk a little Iowa State, hello, Michael Swain. How are you? Apologies on the music. Oh, it's all good. I'm doing great. It's a uh, another busy start to the week in uh, Iowa State's world. Indeed, it is, man. And you've been all over this. Congratulations. Uh, well, I, and uh, how do you say his name? Enaruna is Tristan Enaruna. 
Yep, you nailed it right there. Good stuff. So so tell us about him. I guess he arrives with a uh, very high upside. Obviously, Kansas uh, wanted him, saw a fit for him, uh, and he's going to finish out his career, at least we believe, uh, in Ames at Iowa State. Uh, give us um, a quick scouting report on Inaruna. Sure thing. I mean, not to, to brag, but you guys got the right person on. I got to cover Tristan for a season yeah, at Kansas his freshman year. Yep. And I think the biggest thing for me is just the high end potential that he does have. You know, he's someone that at six foot eight, he's got really long arms. I guess somewhere probably in that six ten, six eleven wingspan. He's got really good feel. His athleticism is is really uh, at a high level. Uh, I think the biggest thing, you know, in, ter- in terms of that potential is it's going to take him maybe some time to uh, adapt. The big thing at Kansas was, you know, he wasn't maybe the most locked in twenty four seven where. On the defensive end, you know, he would get back cut sometimes. On the offensive end, he would have travels, double dribbles, just little mental mistakes um, that if you're on a Bill Self team and a top 25 Kansas team, those don't necessarily fly. So it would be really interesting to see what he looks like now in Iowa State when maybe the system will be a little bit different. It might fit him a little bit better where at Kansas things are pretty set in stone with the system that Bill Self has. You know, they tweak things, but it's pretty straightforward. Now with Iowa State, it seems like Things are going to be more open, fast-paced, get out in transition, shoot some threes. And I think that that could fit Enaruna's game because he has a really good feel for not only driving, but also playmaking and creating for others. And that was something he did a little bit at Kansas. And when he was really turned up at Kansas and looked really good in Lawrence, those were the things that he was doing. He's someone that can get to the rim in one or two bounces, one or two steps, has the length to finish over big guys, has the, you know, the strength to kind of do it over small guys. And I think that the biggest thing is just going to be the time for him because he only played, I think, 10 minutes per game in the 55 games that he played in Kansas. So not a ton of experience at the Big 12 level. So he's someone that I think might take a few, maybe a few weeks. It might take him half a season to get used to playing, you know, consistently if he's going to be a starter, if he's going to come off the bench. But I think he's probably going to end up in that 25 plus minute range. And it could take him some time early on, but he's someone that by the time you get into year two, year three, I think he's got a high level. Michael, what do you think uh, sealed the deal for Iowa State? How did uh, Otzelberger land him? What was his selling point? You know, was it was it as simple as playing time? I, I think it's a mixture of a few things. Um, playing time definitely was a big part of that, offering him a role where he can come in and showcase his skills without the, the fear of getting not only recruited over, but just having minutes taken from you. Because that's the thing at Kansas, right? Is it's such a high level and high stakes that, if you're not at that level and able to do it in a split second, you know, it's going to be hard to get playing time. And at Iowa State, you look at the roster, and T.J. Osberg has done a great job of revitalizing this roster and getting more talent on it. But there's a spot for him. You know, it depends on what happens with this last scholarship spot that's open right now. But mm-hmm. there's a starting spot for him. There's at least 25 minutes per game there for him. So I think that was a factor. It does sound like there was a connection between T.J. Osberg and Anaruna. Um, I haven't been able to to get a, a firm grasp on what necessarily that connection was, but there's something there where I guess he's known about Enaruna, and Enaruna has known about him for a, a good long while. So I think it was a mixture of maybe those two things, and of course I think the opportunity to continue, continue to play at the Big 12 level, and this might be me projecting a little bit, but I think if you're Tristan Enaruna, getting to play Kansas twice a year, maybe mm-hmm. three times a year, that might be a little bit of incentive to, to just be able to, you know, uh, not stick it to Kansas at all, but just to like show them what you can do. A Friday or a Saturday night, the second week in March in Kansas City. Yeah, it works, right? No doubt about it. Well, Michael, uh, with that, a scholarship still remaining. 
does this mean that Iowa State is out on Cameron Fletcher, the Kentucky transfer? And secondly, if it's not Fletcher, any other names or position groups they're looking at still? Yeah, so it's really fascinating with the Cameron Fletcher thing because he's someone that is a, a super high-level transfer, one of those that has you know so many people knocking on his door that it makes it a little bit harder maybe to project who the who the contenders are. I think Iowa State is probably a contender, but you know I mentioned Enaruna on past shows with you guys, and mm-hmm. I felt a lot more confident about him than I do with Cameron Fletcher. So if he doesn't come to Iowa State, I think you're looking at maybe two options. I think you're probably looking at maybe getting more of a, a veteran guard just to help Tyrese Hunter adapt in terms of being a ball handler, because that's a big thing we've seen in years past is true freshmen come in you know, to the college level, and being a point guard is hard, and it can take some time to adapt. And I think Tyrese Hunter is a super high-level player, but it may take him a few weeks just to get used to playing at this level and doing it consistently. So maybe you get someone that's more of a, a ball handler that can also shoot, offer some floor spacing next to Kalsher, next to uh, Tyrese Hunter as well. Um, and I also it wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up stashing the final mm-hmm. scholarship just in case there's a mid-year transfer. Um, but I think that if we're ranking like the hierarchy of things, I, I think you're probably looking at t- filling that and going in with the, the full 13 scholarships this fall. Is there a um, a void at any position on the floor right now? Iowa State needs what? If 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 they were to ask you, as we are, what what does Iowa State need? Where if it was you, where would you be looking to uh, award that scholarship? Yeah, I'd probably go with the extra ball handler just because this day and age, you can never have too many guys that can dribble the ball and create for others and shoot. So I think I would probably go that route, but I certainly would understand if you can get someone like a Cameron Fletcher or a high-end wing player to supplement, you know, your Gabe Kalsher, your Javen Johnson, your Blake Henson, if he's able to play. And I I think what you would do if you're able to get that extra wing player is then you really are able to you know, have Tristan Anaruna come off the bench, for example, to where he can kind of adapt to getting to play, you know, 25-plus minutes at the Big 12 level. He can get used to that. And then hopefully by the end of the season, he's able to develop into a piece where all of a sudden you've got someone that's got high-end potential coming off the bench, if not buying for a starting spot. So I think you're probably looking, if I was, you know, trying to fill that spot, either go for the kind of the ball-handling guard that can shoot or try and find another high-level wing that can add some depth there. With that, looking to the future, I, coaching staff has just been at it here for a month, but those relationships, they have Tame and Lipsy already in. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing on the recruiting trail? I know you talk to a lot of recruits out there and grassroots programs starting to start up here in the spring. What are people saying about Iowa State and the future of the program at the high school ranks? Yeah, things sound really positive so far, just in terms of I, I think coaches have a really good relationship with T.J. Otzelberger. I think that's the biggest thing that's really stood out to me. I wrote about this a little bit yesterday with Kyle Green, mm-hmm. um, the assistant from UNI, but he has been a rock star for them on the recruiting trail so far, just in terms of relationships that he already had. You know, you think about Gabe Kalsher and Robert Jones, two of the transfers they had. They both knew Kyle Green back in their high school recruitments, and they said that that was a big reason why they came to Iowa State. So it certainly seems like this staff has really good connections across the Midwest and have really um, quality connections there. Because it's one thing to be to know people, but also to have people that are willing to not only help you out, but to give you the information you need on guys. So I think that they're in a really good spot right now, you know, in terms of their the big picture recruiting for the class of 2022. It wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, if we see some good things happen here, just in terms of class 2022. And even if we stretch into maybe some of the 2023 offers here pretty soon. 
Uh, let's go to football. And uh, Matt Campbell and his staff have been busy trying to work on 2022. Uh, I believe it's the latest name. Uh, certainly one from over the weekend, Will McLaughlin from Harlan. He's a linebacker, and he says that uh, he's going to play his uh, college career uh, at Iowa State. What do you know about him? Yeah, that's a good pickup for Iowa State. He's someone that Iowa State sees as kind of a, a middle linebacker in that you know their three linebacker set. Um, I give a lot of credit to Jacob Deming, you know, the first commit that Iowa State had in the class 2022. He's done a really good job of connecting with not only Will McLaughlin, but Carson Willich out of the Kansas City area. They got two commitments from those two linebackers on Friday and Saturday over the weekend, and they seem to have really good relationships with Jacob. And I think that the staff has done a really good job of encouraging these guys to get to know each other and to because they can't see each other in person right now because of, you know, the dead period and not being able to take visits. So really trying to cultivate those relationships through FaceTime, through text. And it seems like, you know, the current commits have done a good job of that. In terms of what, you know, McLaughlin brings, I think he's someone that is uh, really good, would be in good in like blitzing settings and has kind of that nastiness. You need to be a middle linebacker in Iowa State's kind of three linebacker set. He's a little bit like, I think, if he could bulk up a little bit, maybe like Orion Vance, just in terms of mm-hmm. his ability to kind of be a wrecking ball at times and to go in and, and blitz the quarterback if needed. But, I think it's a really good pickup for Iowa State, especially we consider, you know, it's over Iowa, it's over Kansas State, and he's someone who I think if he has a really good summer, you know, could really have a big senior season. As you look at the blueprint for this recruiting class, uh, so many guys came back this year, extra year of eligibility, on and on and on. Any idea what this class is going to shape up in terms of numbers? And, and maybe secondly, are, is there a group, a position group that makes a lot of sense that they're really going to be after here for the 2022 class? Yeah, so right now it certainly seems like safety is one of those positions. Um, you know, I think it seems right now they've got linebacker, they got three of them on board. Safety is one of the big ones that they're offering a lot of guys, and they also have um, several guys that are coming in on visits. So I think they end up taking another multi-safety class. Obviously, they took two last year in, you know, Bo Freiler and Malik Ferdin. But I think you're probably looking at safety being one of the big ones. Offensive line is fascinating um, because there aren't like a ton of names. Dalen Hazard's one out of the Minnesota area, um, and, and there's also another in-state one whose name now, of course, escapes me. But uh, the offensive line is an interesting one because obviously you're only going to lose Sean Foster after this year, and then it kind of comes up to what you know some of the seniors want to do if they want to come back for that extra year. So I do think to some degree some of these position groups could be a little bit up in the air for just a little bit more time. But in terms of what they're really going after hard, you know, you've obviously already got the quarterback on board, and it seems like safety is probably that position that they're going to look to fill. Uh, interesting. I enjoyed your piece on a kid I never heard of because I don't follow recruiting as, as closely, certainly as you and, and as others. Uh, but an early enrollee, Howard Brown is his name. Look, to me, it's mm-hmm. um, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. But after the quarterback, I think the defensive line is the one unit uh, that really gives a team a chance. Um, you know, you can overcome some things if you can get some pressure on the other team's quarterback. And Howard Brown is a big kid and a true freshman uh Rashid coach Rashid is uh speaking very highly of him he's already in school uh he's opening up some eyes is this a kid as a true freshman at what six two how big how big did you say he is six two three hundred and some pounds yeah so it's fascinating man I love Howard Brown I'm so geared up to see him this fall um so he came in at weighing or at least he's listed on the Iowa State roster I should say at 305 pounds, at six foot two, 305 pounds, and Eli Rashid, the defensive line coach, said maybe was it last week, two weeks ago, that he's now weighing up near 330 pounds. Jeez. So think about it: a six foot two, 330 pound dude. 
Yeah, true freshman who ran a four eight eight forty before his senior year of high school. So he is someone that played quarterback at high school. Imagine that, a 6'2", 300-pounder playing quarterback. And he just can move. And that's the thing that stands out to me is there aren't many guys who are Howard Brown's size and can move as well as he does. So uh, it's been really interesting to listen to Rashid talk. And then Eni Wazirike had some really positive things to say about him, too. He said that he hopes he sees him this fall. Mm. And there's a chance that he can play this fall because, obviously, you know, you've got – only one defensive tackle right now returning from last year because obviously you lost Joshua Bailey, yep. you lost Latrell Bankston, so you've only got Isaiah Lee back, and then you've got to look for someone else to step up, and that's going to be either you know J.R. Singleton, Howard Brown. Of course, Iwazurike can move inside if they choose to go that route, but you're, honestly, there, there's a pathway for Howard Brown to get snaps this season, and I'm overly excited to see him play because I think he has some really, really high-end potential. 6'2", 330, true freshman. <laughs> and he's in school yep. and he's going through spring practices. That's huge for him. Uh, you're huge for us, Michael Swain. Thank you for what you do for us. 24-7 sports, CycloneAlert.com. Cyclone fans, uh, give it a look-see. You'll be glad you do. Michael, great work. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Michael Swain, 24-7 sports. We're going to go back to 24-7 sports in 15 minutes. With David Eicholt, who covers the Hawkeyes at HawkeyeInsider.com. Quick timeout. Again, the key word uh, was work. KXNO.com. Work. You still have time. A 1050. Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO. Experience. Minutes before 11 on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Hawkeye conversation to kick off hour number two. Zubin Mahente will join us about 1125. Uh, Trent, one of my favorite days of the year. We don't have a definitive announcement date yet. What am I talking about, Trent? Well, it's 420. I think I know it. Well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know why this is one of your favorite days of the year. Well, that's, that, that's every day that ends in a Y. Oh, that's true, right. too. Okay. Uh, yeah, this one isn't any different. All right. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Um, the NFL schedule, the release of the NFL schedule. It looks as though we will know, because they had to go back and tweak it, right, when right. they went to 17 games. Mm-hmm. May the 6th or the 13th are the most likely days. Um we normally have it before the draft, with right. the exception of last year because of well, because of 2020. Um, but uh, yeah, we should have an NFL schedule. I don't know why. I just we know who the teams that your team are going to be playing, mm-hmm. uh, but where they fit on the schedule. And I love going to who's playing Thanksgiving. Give me the triple header. Who are we going to watch on Thanksgiving? What are the Saturday games yes, going to be in December? exactly. Because Saturdays, are, uh, Christmas is a Saturday this year. Okay. So will there be, I would assume, right? Multiple games. A couple of games. Maybe yeah. a 3 o'clock and a 7, when did they start? 7.20? And then go right into Sunday, same way on uh, New Year's Day, because the schedule goes into January. Right. So we shall see, coming up in a few weeks, schedule really, and I hope it's not the week that... I'm gone and you're gone at the end of the week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I just love it. I just get into it. Well, the good news is when you come in Monday, this, if it does we can happen, still talk about we it. can still talk about it. We can uh, get away. Promise? Uh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. As long as you promise. Uh, so, 17 game NFL schedule. How quick is it till we get to 18? I mean, we're less well, than wanted, five years. Yeah, I want it because it's easier on, um, you know, us old people. Well, we can't. I think they'll finish 500. 
Right. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> Not no. this year. You can't. So, yeah, get the yeah, eight The 8 and 8 feels reason. weird. It does, right? I, Jeff Fisher couldn't coach in today's environment because he couldn't finish 8-8. Eight eight. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to recalculate 7-10, you know, t- and 6-11. and 11. Anyways, hour two coming up. We will begin with David Eicholt from HawkeyeInsider.com. I'm sure C.J. Frederick will come up. Maybe for the last time on this show? Probably no. not. No, no, no. Uh, I'm still bitter about this. One. I know you are. Zubamante will join us. You were better than I thought you were yesterday. You came in, you had smoke coming out of your ears. <laughs> Hour 2, 1460 kicks and 0 106.3 FM.